I think most of us are familiar with these commandments from Jesus. Uh, He says that they're the greatest commandments. Uh, The greatest commandment in the law is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. The second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Despite our familiarity with this, I'm really not sure people understand just how crucial it is to love God in terms of eternal life. Of course, for the last few decades, we've been focusing more on God's love for us, and in so doing, maybe downplayed the importance of what it looks like to love God in return. So here's a difficult truth that we must face. We cannot enter into the joy of eternal life without love for God and love for our neighbor. And here's why that is. I've used this analogy before, so some of you might remember this, but the analogy is classical music. Okay, if a person loves classical music, then going to the symphony is going to be a joy-filled experience. If a person loathes classical music or is bored of classical music, then the symphony's not going to be that joy-filled experience. People who do not love classical music find themselves getting bored when they're at the symphony. They don't appreciate it. They try to hold side conversations, perhaps, while the music is going on, or they're looking at their watches, saying to themselves, this feels like it's going on forever. When will this end? In heaven, we will be worshiping God face to face with all of his people. Right? That's what heaven is. In the book of Revelation, St. John describes heaven as that. It's the eternal worship of God with all of his people. Now, if we love God, this will be a joy-filled eternity. If, however, we do not love God and his people, we'll be asking out of our boredom, when is this going to end? For people who love God, being in his presence forever will be heaven. For those who do not love God, being in his presence forever will be hell. Now let's go back to the analogy here, because if you were one of those people who doesn't like classical music and who was finding yourself at the symphony, uh, there are some things that you can do to prepare to appreciate the music a little bit more. And, And one thing... Uh, is to grow in your awareness of just how complex each piece of music is and how difficult and how much talent there must have been in that composer to have been able to, to write all of these different parts that line up together, okay? And to be able to see by writing how, how, uh, how beautiful it would sound. You can understand the complexity of of 40 or 50 or perhaps even more musicians all doing their little part to make the piece beautiful. And that if any one of those parts is off, even by a little bit, 
it can throw off the entire thing. Knowing that complexity can help you appreciate the music, and that can cultivate uh, a deeper love for it. Of course, it isn't just with music. All right, People who love football, for example, they're aware of the complexity of each play. They're aware that in order to score a touchdown, a lot of people had to do a lot of things right to make that play work. People who don't love football are often unaware of this complexity and have little appreciation for it. They say, well, what's the big deal? That guy threw it to the other guy and he caught it. No big deal at all. But again, people who who understand the complexity know that a lot of little things had to go right to make it look so easy. Take movies, for example. People who love movies, they're aware of the complexity that goes into every single shot. The lighting, the speed of the film, the layout of each shot, the way the camera moves, all of those things. Those little details all come together and mean something. Well, we can cultivate a similar love for God by familiarizing ourselves with the complexity and the detail of the story that he has been orchestrating throughout history. Okay, I found that people who get bored with God, they often have little understanding of the complexity and the drama that's been unfolding since the beginning of time about the relationship between God and his people. And, and I'm drawing a little bit on my own experience here because there, of course, was a time where I was very bored uh, with God. And for me, the stories in the Bible, they seemed like a bunch of disconnected uh, fables, okay? Each story may have had a, a, a nice moral or a good point to it. But I failed to see how each of these stories was part of a whole, Okay? I failed to see that there was a thread that connected all of them and that it was one story from the beginning of creation all the way through the book of Revelation which explains the end times. Okay? Many Catholics, for example, seem unaware of this. In their boredom, they're kind of unaware of the complexity of this story. Many Catholics are unaware, for example, of, of how the Mass sort of summarizes everything that God has done. It doesn't just draw its meaning from Jesus and the cross. It draws its meaning from stories in the Old Testament. Okay? The Exodus story, for example, of Moses leading his people out of slavery. Right? This mass, this prayer, is a summary of those events. It ties them all together in a very beautiful way. And again, when we start to notice that and see that complexity, it can enkindle some love within us. Of course, this is one reason, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um, You know, some of our ignorance is understandable. You know, and I'll readily acknowledge that that, uh, priests haven't always uh, explained these things well. Uh, But I'll also say that it's the year 2017 and the internet being a thing that we all have 
we have much less of an excuse to remain ignorant about these things. Okay, if people in other parts of the world, uh, poorer places, if people in other times in history, they would only dream about having access to the knowledge that we have. Okay? We should be more vibrant. We should be more faithful and zealous for our faith than anyone in history because of all of the resources that we have. And sometimes, unfortunately, uh, we don't make use of them. All right? The, the faith formation activities that we do here, okay, they're for one reason. To help cultivate a deeper love for God. Okay? And while those are optional, you don't need to do those. I think we need to do something. Because we kind of act like we have a long-distance relationship with God. Okay, we've all seen long-distance relationships, perhaps in our own lives, perhaps uh, with people that we know. And they don't work very often. Okay, people fall in love, then they try to, try to make a long-distance relationship work. And eventually, they sort of fall out of love. Okay? They, they start to love other things and other people. It's just very difficult to cultivate that. And it's the same thing with God. Okay? We can't treat God like it's a long-distance relationship where we check in only occasionally. And we can't expect to continue to cultivate that love for Him. Again... We need to, to spend that time with Him in prayer and get to know Him and continue to deepen our knowledge of Him over time. Of course, all of the same can be said of the other part of the command, which is to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Same thing, when we get to know a person, understand the complexity of their lives, to see the obstacles that they had to overcome in their lives... Uh, to see perhaps some of the challenges that they had that maybe we don't have, that can cultivate and give us some compassion for people, even people who we might think of as being enemies. Now, of course, we can't just choose to love God and love other people by flicking on a switch, okay? It's not like we can flick on a switch and turn on our love for God and love for others. Okay, ultimately, love for God and love for other people comes as a gift. It's a gift God puts inside of us. And we can ask for that gift, certainly, but it's ultimately God who's going to choose to give that to us. So we can't force God to do that. But we can choose to spend time with Him. We can choose to learn about what He reveals about Himself. And that can give a context for him to give us that gift. And this might be what he uses to give us this gift and to make us ready to enter into the joy of eternal life. Where we will be with him and with his people forever.